Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are on that. We're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. So the football's all about Currafin, the hurling's all about Ballyhill Shamrocks. What a bloody team. Like, I mean, an absolute demolition job, which the writing was on the wall after the first bloody five minutes, really. There's no point to saying anything else. Michael Carton's in studio and Brian is on, on the phone. So I'll go to you first, Michael. Like, I mean, this is, this is a super club. So they've won seven All-Ireland yeah. clubs. They've only been in eight finals. They've yeah. only lost one final, which is an incredible achievement. It's an incredible record, Willie. And I've seen this TJ's fourth, you know, fourth club All-Ireland Championship and... And it's, he's seven all Ireland's and just the, the experience on the team for Ballyhale yesterday was incredible. But I seen like an interview with TJ this morning, and he was speaking about the young lads in the team and and what Henry's brought to it as a manager and the freshness in that management and 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 the communication and how he had them playing and the short balls around the middle and then going long when they knew they needed it. And just the way they played it was just so clinical yesterday. They were brilliant to watch. Yeah, they have a nice style of hurling, don't they, Brian? Aside Brennan commenting on on that, it's it's simple yet it's very effective. Yeah, it's a beautiful mix, actually. Um, they're able to go direct, obviously, with the likes of Colin Fenley on the edge of the square and the, the ball winners all over the field. The one thing there was a couple of times that impressed me was even the likes of Owen Cody, only a young man, 17, 18, and snapping balls out of the air over his man, turning over the bar there in the first half, in particular, one read near the corners has to do the same. So they are able to go direct, which obviously is a Kilkenny trait down through the years. Um, but the, they were particularly well able to use the ball, particularly in the half-back line and midfield, you know, short and snap passes two-hand and yeah. then be able to deliver long. So I think that was most impressive. But the big men stood up again. For long periods, TJ and Michael Fenley didn't need to because they were dominant in all the positions. Um, so it was amazing that, you know, two of the real go-to guys were actually quiet for, for long stretches of that game. But 
look, he just did a class act too, still got four points in play on what we'd say even a quiet day for him. Yeah, that was it, incredible. Like, I mean, ah, look, they've got match winners all over and like Adrian Muller, we'll, we'll talk about some of them in uh, in performance of the weekend. Henry was interviewed before the game and this is a beautiful thing. Like, I mean, and it needs to be stressed, the achievement for this club, which is not a huge... Um, it's not a huge club. It's like their numbers are, are not absolutely massive. But Henry was interviewed before the game and he said last time that he played there, I'm paraphrasing now, was in 2010. And 10 of the panel were involved in the under 12 game that day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's rural clubs and the ability to keep the young lads going to senior. Like that's quite a, quite a number to still be involved that were there that day. Like in big town clubs. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it is rural clubs. I'm, well, sure, I'll actually go to you, Brian, on this one because you're from a rural club. But I won't ask this city slicker. <laughs> He's got too many distractions <laughs> up here in Dublin. But that's it. But it's the ability to keep them all all together, uh, Brian. Yeah, well, look, it, it's the truth. And obviously we see it firsthand here as well. You know, we, we get every possible person we can hurling um, at seven and eight years of age. And... We need them all really for a team at that under it. So we don't compete, and, and it's the same with Ballyhale. They don't overly win a huge amount at underage. They'll, they'll crop up with a, a title now and again, but they, they tend to get stronger as the years go on towards minor and 21. And we saw that, um, you know, they won the under 21 last year in, in Kilkenny too. So that, that backbone, a lot of these younger players that came through. But that's that's it is the beauty of, of I suppose, rural Ireland and, and rural clubs that we tend to. Um, we, we tend to hold on to as many players as we can, but very important on, on the social context then as well. It is the hurling or maybe football in rural clubs that keeps people in the area too, because if it wasn't for that, um, we would have that drain and everyone moving either to, to Dublin or, or abroad. So, you know, we, we can't underestimate the power of GA from that perspective. And it's hugely important for these rural places. And we often say it, it's like a religion or, or even more important even. Um, you know, and, and we live for it in these rural areas. So it's great. You know, it's, it's great to hear even Michael Fenley after talk about, you know, a couple of pitches, that's all we have, yeah, modest yeah. resources. And yeah. it's the truth because all the money in the world, you know, it doesn't buy you the, the, the basics of the game and that will to win and that the grow for hurling. So, you know, it, I, I love seeing stories like that. But, you know, you're dead right when you're eulogising about this club because it is a phenomenal record. They're up there now. They're, they're clearly out in their own. You know, we have our both neighbours here, Borough and Bertumna, there's only 20 minutes between them. And, uh, you know, they're on four titles each and, and they're two fantastic clubs as well. So, but Bally Hale, the ability to turn over, it, you know, it's probably three different teams have gone through now. And, uh, you know, it's phenomenal, really. Phenomenal to keep coming back. Yeah, so Michael Fenley, his speech was fantastic, yeah, wasn't it? Brilliant. Bit of personality. He yeah. had the guard lifting the cup. And, like, I mean, it, I, it went straight away. I was thinking, geez, Michael Fenley's really enjoying this. Yeah. He's really embracing this moment and like I often think why on earth do you have to go up there and just list off a few thank yous like I mean what are you about what's your club about tell us something be yeah. like be yourself and you never see them being their, themselves a lot and it made me remember back to 2009 when poor Michael Fennelly was captain of Kilkenny and he couldn't make the team. He was nominated yeah. from Ballyhale. And I'd say Michael Fenley just decided, if we win, Let I'm loose. just going to go up now and I'm going to really enjoy this because I hated... He told me before on this show that he hated being captain that year because he wasn't sure of his place and he was insecure and all those kind of things. Whereas he went up on Sunday as a leader and a captain and centre-back 
and went up and just enjoyed himself. And yeah. I, 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 I am actually on the, the the side that I'd like to see speeches done away with if they're going to continue to be as bloody boring as they are. But like when you see Michael Fenley, you say, geez, that's a lovely way to finish off what was a brilliant day for Valley Hale. Yeah, there was no three, three cheers for the officials. Any? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I seen the tweet after, but uh, no, no, it's brilliant. It showed a bit of personality and he showed how much he loves the parish and... My my fear, like he's a, such a smashing hurler, and you know injuries have plagued him throughout his career. Like you know, and I think he's, he's he doesn't know if he'd be back there, you know, injury wise and playing wise and his age. So I think he looked like a man who just really enjoyed it while you're dead, right? Like, yeah. And as Brian said, he wasn't at the four for most of the game yesterday, but he got just some important tackles, and he's out, he's that ever presence in the centre back, and um, it's great to see. And like, you know, as you're watching it, like everyone, in, in, it's endearing to watch, you know, because it means so much to him. And I just thought it was great. He showed loads of personality. You're dead right. And yeah, no, more, more speeches should be like that. I think so, Brian. Like, I mean, what where are you with these captain speeches? Like, I mean, the the backroom teams are so big now that by the time you finish thanking everyone, everyone's like, Jesus, get me out of here. This is terrible stuff. They're not broadcastable usually. It's like, let's just move on. Let's see him lifting the cup and then just cut off because what's the point? But just like I mean, why can't more be like Michael Fenley? Yeah, a couple of things there. I agree with you. You know, especially in the counties, as you said, the background teams are so ma- massive; it's, impo- it's impossible. But from Michael Fenley's perspective, I think Michael touched on it there. You know, you, you just don't know from his own perspective if he'll get an opportunity to get back there again. I think a little bit of maturity coming into play there as well. He's yeah. obviously he, his wife had a baby boy. Leslie had a baby boy a couple of weeks ago, and you know I suppose it, it, it makes you appreciate the game an awful lot more, and you know those sort of things. And especially they went through a tragedy in Ballyhale as well. So sometimes you just got to take stock of the whole thing, and, and you know it can carry you forward and, and just you know revel in the moment and don't be worried about how people think. I suppose as much because it's, it's a game that we obviously put our lives into, but. It's also there to be enjoyed. And the one thing about Ballyhale, you know, they'll go off and they'll be on the Monday club and today and it's great. And it, isn't that what it's all about? You know, that spending time with your with your, you know, friends and family and going on the Raz after a big win like that because you have to enjoy it. What's the point in, in, in sacrificing everything for so many, you know, months and, and years even finally climb Mount Everest and, and then just kind of oh no we're going to be very professional here and very clinical and we won't let down our guard yeah. Yeah. he let, posted let a picture this morning it. actually Michael Fenley of uh, looking out at the neighbours milking the cows the Reid family you know <laughs> it's just you know just, it's a different world you know yeah no it definitely is but like I mean yeah, that, it that's, is for you anyway it is for me that's right <laughs> <laughs> I've seen horses out in the fields in Dublin They're never cows <laughs> What do you make of this Fintan Burke thing, uh, Michael? Like this, was, this was cruel on a player. Like I mean, this looked like a very, very serious injury. Yeah. In what in what era did they think that they're at that you can go in and strap an injury like that? And like the game was gone away from him at that stage. And anyways. the man he was marking. And the man he's on Colin Fenley. And this is a fellow who potentially yeah. wants to play for Galway this year. Yeah. Jesus, get him off yeah. the feckin' no, feet. Definitely. It, it obviously shows him how important he is to them, you know. But like in Crow Park and your full back, you're isolated there, Willie. And on the fella who's playing absolute stormer of a game. Yeah. So unfair in him, you know. And he's seen how upset he was coming off the pitch and how much it meant to him to be out there. And I, there could, he could have been saying to the physio as well, don't take me off, don't no, take me off. No, I'd say he definitely you know, was, like, but, but that's not his but, decision. And it's not. And as a manager, you're saying, to, even for his future, you know, how much damage do you do staying on for an extra five or ten minutes on, on, on such a bad injury? If, if it does turn out to be that bad, you know, but... Um, I felt very, very sor- sorry for him, you know, such a big day and so hard to get there. 
but uh, it was definitely the wrong call from the manager because you have to take that yeah. out, take that decision away from the player because most players are going to try and stay on no matter what. Most will, like I mean, yeah. and and he shouldn't. But I, Jesus, it's so many years, Brian, since you've seen something like that coming in, putting on a temporary yeah. quick strap. <laughs> like the game has moved on so far past that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it was almost like the Sarri and Kepa incident, um, but not quite, not quite as in your face. No, I did, look, to be fair, I think it's a measure of the man that Fintan Burke is too, that he just didn't want to come off and maybe thought himself, you know, after the initial pain hit that, oh no, I'm okay, I'm okay. But that should have been taken over times. I think the physio really should have made that call and management between them and just said, look, you know, appreciate what you're trying to do here for your club and, you know, but, you know, you're going to have to come off, simple as that. Yeah. Um, you know, because as you said, the, the long-term damage that that could do um, is, is huge. And he he has steadied it up a little bit when he went into full-back as well. Finally, he was on fire. Mm. But, um, you know, that was it, was, it was unfortunate for him. You know, you feel really sorry for that and you see him go off in tears then afterwards. Yeah. You know, and Henry, it was, it was yeah, nice, yeah. Yeah. After yeah. Yeah. yeah, so... You know, that shows the measure that the men that, that, that Henry is as well. And, and you know, great, great sports people. You know? well, it absolutely does. And sure, Henry obviously has his own experiences in all our finals with that kind of yeah, thing. So it was, a lovely, it was a lovely thing to see him. He caught him out of the corner of his eye yeah. after congratulating the management and went straight over to him. And I'd say Fintan Burke would absolutely appreciate uh, absolutely. Shefflin doing and that. And as you said, well, you know, you knew the second he pulled up, you know, when some players pull up, you knew it was a bad It looks crucial. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely looks so bad because the way he pulled up. So I was shocked to see him so heavily strapped yeah. down, but hopefully so he's all right. We'll, uh, there's a whole load of these lads will go in anyways. I don't <coughs> want to stay too long at this because we have a whole load to get to get through. I think there's seven lads. Uh, the two Mullins will go in, Evan Shefflin will go in, and then you've got your, your big names. Yeah. Then you have your Reed. You've your Colin Fennelly, you've your Joey Holden. Is there anybody else going going in there? No, young uh, Cody is probably. No. probably anybody else? Young. No, that, that you, you've nailed them there. Like Adrian and uh, Darren Mullen were excellent, and Brian Butler looks really good in the corner. He's he, quite a young player as well. But like Adrian Mullen was a standout for me because just the scores he was taking from both sides coming in off both wings. Looks yeah. so confident on the Hold ball. Hold off you know? on him now because I want to save. <laughs> I want to save him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, uh, just a standout, you know. But and Colin uh, Fenley as well. Um, he looked bigger than normal. Normally, I see. Like, like yeah. I've marked Colin over the years, and he's a, he's a super hurler. But if you start getting the better of him early on, sometimes he's he's a real confidence hurler, you know. But yesterday he was just unmarkable because yeah. like it's either foul him or let him score, and there was there was no option because he was so good yesterday. So it's gonna see be interesting to see if he can carry that on now to the Kennedy. Yeah, see. definitely will. He's all that rest he's getting in the army. You see, he's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's taking it nice and easy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going into that. <laughs> Right, so but listen, lads. Division One B is where it's at. So we've got our league quarterfinals, and we have all the Division One Bs oh, except for Limerick, who beat Leash. Like I mean, that was the the most obvious mm. result. The other three. So you have Dublin winning, you have Waterford winning, and you have Galway winning. And I don't know what the hell. I'm not even going to <laughs> analyze the anomaly of this One B oh. beating the One A because the other years you were like, oh well, it's too competitive in One <laughs> A, and now it's the least competitive One A we've yeah. ever had and they're still all three of them lose so I don't know what the hell is going on there so uh, we have a double header in Nolan Park next Sunday so Dublin play Limerick and we have Galway against Waterford so we have two excellent competitive uh, semi-finals and finally we can start reading something into these games lads because surely to Christ uh, every team wants to win quarterfinals and every team wants to win uh, semi-finals so the big result of the weekend Michael and we'd be glad you're here is Dublin uh, what a performance by them so their last two visits to Semple Stadium against uh, Tipperary and with 
Ger Cunningham and Anthony Daly as managers, 22 point and 14 point defeats. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they were four points up at half time and the Tipperary got it back within the first few minutes of the second half. And anyone watching that game live, it wasn't on television, they're going, well, this is done now. This is tip with the wind. It's yeah. all over. So, like, I mean, for Dublin to have ground that game out, like, I mean, that's massive. We talked about that Thursday. Dublin yeah. need to make a stand here. Oh, absolutely. And I spoke to a few of the lads at a wedding with them on Friday and they left after the ceremony straight away. <laughs> and, uh, they they were mad oh, mad up for it, Willie, and they're they're real. They, they sound real confident the way they're playing. They're loving training at the moment, and they're loving being under Maddie Kenny. And so does Maddie Kenny do all the coaching? Does he do the training himself? He or? does a lot of it. He does a lot of it. Um, but they're, they're just the the game plan seems to be sinking in with them. And I, I spoke about it last week that they they're a good matchup for Tip because Tip don't like being run at, and this is all Dublin are doing at the moment. And like it was that's why so it was so hard to defend against Cooler because they go by the first tackle and then the pitch opens up for them and they're so fit and fast they're off the shoulder all the time and Tip don't like playing that style you know they like playing one on one and winning high ball over them they don't like fellas running at them and um, it was great to see but the more important thing was when Dublin were with the wind in the first half and when Tip came back and clawed it back within three minutes of the second half I was worried myself and I said oh please like hopefully they dig deep and they did they showed unbelievable character. And that's the most important thing for Dublin going forward. And I think that's going to stand to them more than the victory itself. Just that they didn't buckle under that pressure. Because we have in years in the past. And there was a few poor years there going with Dublin. But um, I'm really optimistic with this panel. Like, And even Ushin O'Rourke, who's playing in the corner. Ushin's been on the panel on and off for years. And again, it was a belief thing with Ushin. Because he'd, li- he'd shoot the lights out and training non-stop. Right. And big games. He'd sort of, he just, you could see that belief wasn't there. But Maddie's obviously instill- instilled that in him this year. And... He's having a great season with Dublin and and then you bring on the likes of Paul Ryan getting two points, uh, Keane Boland coming on full four getting two points. Two so they're showing strength in their panel, you know, and, and they're they're bringing lads in, they're not getting any weaker and like it just it's great, it's it's really good and positive for Dublin at the moment. Yeah. It's great to see. And like Eamon Dillon's been like I mean it was a JJ compared him to Eddie Brennan last Thursday, yeah. uh, Brian. It's about a manager's job when we see it with Guardiola with City, we see it with Mourinho at United a good manager makes players that might not have been good before him makes them better. You know what I mean? And Matty mm-hmm. Kenny is a renowned uh, coach, very highly regarded. So it probably isn't a surprise what Michael's saying there, Brian. No, certainly not. And Eamon Dillon's on the scene a while as well. Another man that's probably, yeah. uh, without being disrespectful, blows hot and cold because when he's, when he's good, he's absolutely yeah. excellent. Has and good leagues. An- anonymous in games, yeah. you know. He seems to have good but, um, leagues, D- um, Dylan, yeah. and then doesn't do it in the championship. Oh, yeah, right yeah, there? sorry, yeah. Uh, but do you know what I'm, I'm most impressed with is actually the spine of their defence. Yeah. Like, Owen O'Donnell and Sean Moran are excellent. Um, Sean Moran obviously has shown more with Kula over the last couple of years. I was glad to see him go back in with Dublin then um, last year. He is phenomenal centre-back. He's as good as, as what's around. And then Owen O'Donnell, you know, again, something similar. He scored a wonder pint yeah. Um, yeah. almost like the Rocco Sullivan. It um, was. You know, from 100 yards, it was, it was a fantastic score. Um, opened up the shoulders and just left light. But he's a, he's a brilliant defender. But their half-back line in particular, it's their launch pad at the moment. Obviously, mm. Chris Cummey, a great man to get up the field and get a few scores. You know, Sean Moore there, and I think that Daryl Connell there yeah. the other day, another live wire former Kerry Hurler, um, Mark and myself, bought a county on a club, and he's he's always breaking forward as well. So... Um, the speed of them it, it, it's phenomenal from that perspective so Dublin you know they, they are looking good now at the moment um, they've, they've surprised everyone winning one B. I I know it doesn't matter in the greater scheme of things but still still they did it um, 
And, you know, I was critical of him a few weeks ago that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't really starting his full team and he was, you know, he should have went for that Galway game in particular, but he seems to have timed his run pretty good and, uh, you know, they, they'll they fancy their chances now on Sunday and they'll really relish this task of taking on Limerick, you know. Is the, talk to me a little bit about taking on players and you're saying Tipperary don't get like a take, yeah. taken on. And I find from watching it, some of the defending I, I find in hurling is, is can be very poor yeah. that when men do take them on like a simple sidestep and they're gone like I mean now is this a technical thing where in football you can actually get hands on and slow them up where in hurling you can't tackle the man so you're kind of you're you're much more vulnerable at hurling with someone running at you than you are maybe at football would that is that yeah look, look it's is there a reason it's, why the defending or is it just bad defending I, yeah, I'm not no sure. it's not bad defending you're seeing a lot of fouls these days really because the hurls coming up high are like ending high now in hurling is a free, free straight away whereas you used to get away with a bit more a few years ago so like and and Dublin have pace to burn. So if you're if you're very pacey and the the, the tip hurlers are brilliant hurlers, but they're bigger men and they haven't got as much pace. So if you're a pace issue, yeah. yeah, they definitely do. And if you're running at them with pace, and especially the way the way Mandy Kenny likes to play, is you never run, you're never static. You're running, you're coming onto the ball at such pace. As a defender, it's very hard when someone comes onto the ball at pace to f- you either keep run with them and try and time your flick. Or you're going to hit them head on, and a lot of the time you're going to miss that challenge because so, so many lads have a sidestep these days. So it's a foul then, like you know. And so they're going to win a foul or get a free. But what they do is once you break that first tackle, the pitch opens up because that man is free to run then twenty or thirty yards. Someone has to come meet him. Yeah. And once you come meet him, then so their ball popped over your head, and that's what he's all about. And then like, you're seeing the half back line as Ryan said is so good there with Dublin that like four points from play yesterday within your back line. You know, three yeah. of them on the half back, and then Owen O'Donnell obviously like. So, so is they, he they, encouraging? players to take their man on all over the field yeah, rather absolutely. than just forward so a half back line take him go past him open yeah. field then, then even the cornerbacks really like you see like, uh, like Alan Nolan has hit cornerbacks non-stop and like it's a dangerous game because we get this possessed there it's a, it's a, a goal yeah. on straight away that's a Cork tactic with Donoghue and Spillane they go, after, they go past their man absolutely. and suddenly they've got extra a man and, over and it just opens up the whole pitch for you really. like you know and it, and it can break down but if you have confidence in it and both cornerbacks have to want the ball both wingbacks have to want the ball You've seen in previous years with us like that a cornerback would be pretending to want to put the ball away. You're not getting it to me. Yeah. But all the lads there want it and they're really good at it and they're getting used to it now. And it's it's working for Dublin and it's very hard to defend against because like once you pass out that first man, there's nothing you can do really. You know, yeah. the next man has but to come I, meet I you. I think that's a lot of modern hurling though as well. I yeah. think more teams are doing that. I think Limerick, Waterford, Clare, you know, even Galway yesterday really surprised me at that mm. um, the ability to hold on to the ball. But it's it's, it's driving forward, it's taking that four or five steps. Uh, and just going forward at every opportunity all over the field. But there is an old saying too about half-back line not liking to face their own goal. You know, and that's one of the key things at the half-forward is trying to break that break that line and turn the half-back line and make them chase back. I thought Galway in particular yesterday were excellent at just running with the man that had the ball, three and four of them surround him, and not diving in, not putting in the hand where the Wexford players you know, might be looking for that bit of contact not that even just, you know, looking for the bit of context that they'll either be able to go down under the challenge or draw them into you so that you could offload the ball. And I thought Galway in particular really surprised me, sorry, it was Saturday, and just staying with them and eventually he has to play the ball and, and they were there in numbers to take it off them. So I thought it was a, it was a real lesson. I thought it was something that they clearly worked on and it really came to fruition against Wexford. So it's amazing that you're, you're talking, Willie, your initial question about, you know, is it bad defending? You see, I think in Hurling, if you break the challenge and you're going forward, you can score really from 
anywhere inside the 65 yard line the minute you break the break the tackle yeah. you know in football you can kind of you can get numbers back and we can you know they have to really get into that scoring zone inside the D whereas in hurling the minute to break that challenge you know you you know good forwards are looking to, to shoot nearly straight away yeah, maybe that's something to do with it. You did mention Galway. We'll get on to them in a minute. But quickly on Tipperary, they had 18 wides. But one of the big things jumping out at me was John McGrath was whipped off in the first half. Mm. Like, I mean, and I don't know, like, John McGrath this time last year was probably the foreign player in the whole country and he, he brought it into the championship as well. Like, I mean, I don't know what the benefit is, Michael, of taking John McGrath off before half time. He doesn't seem to me like a player who needs a kick up the arse. It no. seems to me like hurling is his life. This is not, he's not a type of player that needs it. Maybe Liam Sheedy sees it completely different. Liam Sheedy wouldn't have managed John McGrath yeah. before. So maybe he needs, they need to f- figure each other out. And, you know, and kind of, I, d- I don't Liam know. Liam Sheedy could just be sending out a message, will you know? Like, if you're not playing well, I'm not giving you, like, if you have confidence in your panel, you're not going to give lads 45, 50 minutes anymore. So if you're not playing well yeah. in the first half. But and the it could first, be a bit I always that, find the first half is just lousy. Absolutely. Like, and this it is, is just before half time. Like, yeah. I mean, this is, this is not, this is embarrassing the fella rather than doing it in the dressing room. And we've talked about mm. this before. This is almost like, I don't like you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's wrong. It's not that. But do you know what I mean? It's on It's on another level to, Giving him, yeah, maybe it's a message to the whole team. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's That's just it. because he's such an important player for them. And look, he's a smashing hurler. And if it's not on form, maybe he's just sending a message saying, like, if you're, if it doesn't matter who you are and what name you are, like Dublin defenders hurled so well on Saturday. Like Jason Ford got a point from play. Canlan got a point from play. It's very difficult to keep these lads low scoring like that, you know. And like, like obviously as, as a back unit, they hurled really well. Like Noel McGrath now got three points from play, but apart from that, like the forwards. Didn't really uh, weren't that cohesive and didn't didn't score that much, you know. And Jake Morris is probably the standout forward for him this year. At the moment he got three from play, and he's a really good hurler. He comes across the line all the time. But like apart from that, like if you're keeping them forwards that low scoring, it's a really good day out for your for your back line. And uh, like look, some days isn't your day, will you know? And John yeah. obviously just had one of them. They're not that usual, but I think it would more be a message sent out to the to the panel saying no matter who you are. Going to be taken off, you're not yeah, going to Yeah, maybe that's it. What do you think, Brian? Is it a message or is it like, is John McGrath just being know, used it, as a scapegoat? It's hard to know. You see, when you weren't there and you didn't see mm. the game, yeah. it's hard to call it, being honest. Yeah, uh, no, you that's just, true. You know, you don't know the context. You know, John McGrath's phenomenal, as you said. And uh, look, I, I think there'll be no fear of him. And uh, he's really important to tip. Yeah. Well, he can make something happen now and not. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. But I, look, I, I, I back him to come back. I think tip themselves are in a precarious position. You know, you, you, you mentioned 18 wide. They did only lose by a point and it's all doom and gloom now, you know. Yeah. But they, ser- they clearly have an issue with tight games though. Like, that's, that's, that is, there's no getting away from that. You know, okay, the blue cork out of the water last week. Cork were terrible. Like, I mean, terrible. Um, but any of these tight games that just seem to be coming out the wrong size in them time after time after time and, like that's a malaise, and that can set in, and it can really creep inside your your you know your mindset. So it's something that CD is going to have to rectify over the next couple of weeks. I think they need to get back and hurl a bit with the club. I think that's really important for nearly any county hurler at the moment to just get off after after the league, and 
get away for the club for just for a couple of weeks, different perspective, and then be absolutely rare to get back into the championship. You know, I, I was talking about this on the football show just there that there seems to be a huge kind of appetite for making huge conclusions based on that one game yeah. in both hurling and football. So tip Hammer Cork, tip her back, tip yeah. her all Ireland contenders now. Now <laughs> Tipperary are terrible. Tipperary are going nowhere. Why can't you just say Tipperary were brilliant yeah. on the day against Cork? Yeah. Now you don't have to go any further with yeah. all Ireland t- yeah, yeah, predictions yeah. or just say. Just tip. Uh, I do like Brian making a conclusion that tight games are an issue. Yeah. That's there's evidence to support Absolutely. that, and last year's championship as well. But there's always seems to be it's a feast or a fat. They're gone. They're going to win. They're gone. Like I mean, it's I don't. It's understand. tough for the tip hurlers especially because the crowd are so you know they have to win the all hurling. That's that's an awful season. For like uh, the Just, Cork game, only, the Cork game for me, I couldn't tr- trust Willie because Cork were so bad all over the pitch. So for me, I know they hurled really well that day, but it came across like a training match for Tip. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have read into that game too much at all. And the psyche that Brian's talking about, that them close games, that's a big issue because it does creep in on you. And, and you know when you're in championship and the, and, and they're closing like 10, 15 minutes, and there's a point or two in it. That's when you're going to see like how much Liam Sheedy has put in now between now and championship how much work they're going to have to put in and as you say sometimes it's good to shut off and go back with your club for a while and, and come back with a new that new psyche then like they're yeah. going to have to put like mentality work for Tip's the big one now for me but he needs yeah he de- he needs to do some work I like I'm I'm trying to fight the urge to say Cork are useless this year because I know they're not <laughs> no, they're I know they're not, not no. but then you keep seeing them in the league jeez when are they going to yeah. snap out of this and then you're like stop Concentrating league. Think yeah. of them last year in the championship. They were brilliant. Yeah. Stop reading into this. It's and just they are a championship team as well. You know, so are, it's so yeah. hard. It's so hard to read into the league. And you know, especially when there's nothing to lose, as you say. Like it's 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 very hard to read into it at the moment. It is just two quick ones there. There was only three thousand five hundred uh, at that Tipperary Dublin game, mm. uh, Brian, which is very very unusual. Unless the tip public thought that they would beat Dublin easily enough and they had bigger fish to fry. I don't know. I just t- was a bit surprised when I saw that. And Brendan Maher got a huge reception when he came back. He's only back from cruciate, so he'll be a huge plus for huge Tipperary. Positive, yeah, yeah, midfielder, wing back. Yeah, it'd be interesting with a player. Might nearly nearly playing wing back being honest um, he, he, you know, he's very athletic as well and really I think left half back he could do a serious job there for them I think they need to tighten up their backs I think they need a little bit more pace um, yeah poor crowd but I just know I, I live right beside Tipperary they would expect it to be Dublin comfortable enough especially after the week previous and the crowd would have been holding off holding and, off for Paddy's there <laughs> yeah and you know, it's just it's just not working out like that way at the moment. So yeah, and but look, I heard a lot of people critical down in Waterford as well. There was only two and a half thousand in, in Walsh Park and all, and all the big floor about them getting their matches. Yeah, all the big floor about them getting their matches back in Walsh Park, and you know they're flying at this league as well, um, and very impressive. And they had only two and a half thousand at their game. So jeez, I didn't see people, that. Yeah, so there was a because I just I just seen that on Twitter. A few couple of people giving out like where are all these fans. You know, they're clambering for, you know, saying that 12,000 or 11,000 won't be enough for the Munster Championship, but 2,500 turn up, yeah. you know, in the, in the league quarterfinal, so... That's a very fair comment. Jeez, that that's poor stuff from Waterford. Maybe they decided I'm going to one event this weekend outdoor in that weather, and it's the pa- Patrick's Day parade. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go. That's what I'm going to go see. Um, this refereeing thing. Before we go into part two, we leave Galway and Waterford chat until part two. So Maddie Kenny had words with referee Patrick Murphy at half time um, because the free count was twelve three in Tip's favour. Now, I was watching the Galway-Wexford game and Davey was up in the stand, which he often does, and down at half-time he was down absolutely attacking the referee, (laughs) verbally attacking him. Uh, The free count was 13-2 
there in favour of Wexford are giving away 13 to Galway's two. So, and one of the funniest things watching that match was Davy absolutely lynches the, the referee. And the very first thing, what does the referee do to start <laughs> second half? He gives a real soft free yeah. against Sean Murphy. It's like, oh Lord, I'd love to have seen the camera go back up to Davy. But anyway, yeah. so then Donald Maloney, uh, this was in the examiner, he was talking about some of the frees given in the Waterford Clare game wouldn't be given as frees in the championship. He says the joint manager said that articulated a view that most GA people hold the championship and league games are officiated differently and in particular that a referee holds the reins a lot looser for a championship match I suppose Brian there's two things in this there's how can two referees have the freeze so skewed in one team's favour and number two how can a referee referee league and championship different I know that doesn't happen I've never heard of that in Gaelic football maybe it's a hurling thing yeah, no, it's it's not an official. I'd say he's just talking about in general they are referee different, and and I agree with. I think you know the general public would agree with that. Yeah. It's like seriously, like will you just let the game flow? That's the beauty of hurling, I think. And in championship, we all say it, it's it's kind of it's almost a throwaway statement. Last year, look, it'll be referee different during the summer, <laughs> and it is the truth though. They just let the game go. There's none of this tipping and tapping. I saw like Peter Duggan got a yellow card yesterday or Saturday. I keep saying yesterday. He got one Saturday for flicking the ball out of Kevin Moore's hand. Mm. And Kevin Moore just thought he'd lost the ball. Like no one paid any attention to it. And next minute it's pulled back and it's a yellow card. Yeah. And you're just going, seriously, like and like and he ended up getting a second yellow for what I don't know. But it had a bear okay, in that particular game it didn't have a bear in the game, but it could have a massive bearing on the game. And you're just going, that would never, ever, ever be a yellow card in Championship Hurling. Or the referee would be lynched. Yeah. And what Conor Cleary's sending off was incredibly uh, soft too. That was a straight red, was it? Yeah, I'm, 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 glad, you, I'm glad you think it was soft because I was just thinking the same thing. Look, I think he does what any good back does. Um, he played down with the hurl to try and play, I think it was Stephen Bennett. Either he's hurl or his hand. And, you know, just was guiding it. And just, you know, bad timing and just tipped him on the helmet. And that's all it was. There was no intent. There was no, you know when there's intent. Yeah. There's no ferociousness with it. And okay, he, he tipped the top of the helmet. Sure, isn't that what the helmet's there to do? To yeah. protect your head. <laughs> that's so it's true, like, you know. Yeah. If, if, no, if, but it is. Like, you know, like, forget about if that's going to be a send or not. Yeah. yeah. There was no force on that at all. No, was man, like, even it was, a, it was a flick, Willie. And if that starts coming into hurling, it'd be a joke because the amount of times the defender goes up and it... Because you're flicking a hurl and you're you're protecting your hand as well, you know. So it's a natural thing for to, all to the come back to do. down and bring your hurl. A- with absolutely, you. absolutely. And look, you're going to catch a fella, and Bennett didn't make too much of it either. And it was just like nobody wants to see that coming into hurling because it'd be a joke, like you know. And the refs, they're dead right. Like in championship, there's so much more intensity to do it, and there could be a few rows before the whistle's even thrown in, and it's just expected. It fizzles out after 15, 20 minutes, and let the game play and. Um, but that's gas that that's what the helmet's there for it's to protect for those minimal force kind of contacts that are not freeze but you're wearing a helmet well like back in the day when you didn't have to wear a helmet you see all these lads with eyes split open they weren't bad poles or anything they're all these flicks as you're going by a player and they're trying to flick the ball you're getting these little taps on the that's what the helmet's there for like otherwise you'd have scars all over the place so there's nothing, nothing, no malice towards it whatsoever. So it was a joke for sending off. So, but you Look. very rarely see a, a stroke anymore. Like, no, you don't. Honest, yeah. You know, not, especially at inter county level, you, mm. you just can't. There's too many cameras. Just you know straight away. There's linesmen. There's umpires. There's very rarely a stroke, but yeah. like there used to be, and very, very rarely anyway. People pull in the air anyway. So, it, mm. it, you know, it's going up and protecting yourself and whatever. You'd see a, maybe an odd stroke in club hurling, all right. 
But um, you know, not definitely in intercounty. It's, it's few and far between. And I think they're they're sanitising the game way too much. I think that's the biggest gripe that you know hurling people have. And the football people, can you stay away from our game, please, and stop worrying about how we're refereeing it? <laughs> I love, uh, yeah, we're going grand, right? I love the way a stroke is a euphemism. It's a lovely way of saying just trying to take someone's yeah. life, really. Like so, a stroke makes it sound so. Yeah, you know, it's God, a wasn't that nostalgic? Those old yeah. strokes. <laughs> Right, okay, come here. We'll come back and we'll talk about Galway and Waterford. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. A few weeks later, they played Phil Kenny below in Nolan Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. There was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass. But I burst out laughing about the <laughs> There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy, you can't touch this. So Waterford are back, lads. Can we make that judgment? I'm just going to do what I was given out about in the start. Um, no, but all, all, joking, all joking aside, Waterford were hugely, hugely impressive. 31 points against a team like Clare. And like, make no mistake about it, as this is a league quarterfinal. Yeah. Surely we can read a little bit into this in that this was both teams trying their very best with two strong teams out. And we can say that this was an incredibly impressive performance by Waterford. Yeah, Fan- Fan- Fanning was playing it down after the game you know saying oh look it's league and, but Clare wanted to win that game yesterday there's definitely no doubt about that and I thought they were so impressive like it's hard, it's hard to tell them one B because the, the, the big games they have is Galway and and Dublin and they hurled really well against Dublin and Parnell Park and Dublin just, just pipped them but uh, like this was a real test for them and they, they were dominant like I know they, throughout the game they were dominant and they had so many options and scoring options and like I know I listened to um, Austin Gleeson after and he says a real family feel to it I know Derek McGrath built that but now there's more expression in that team Like they, yeah. they, they're going out and they look like they're loving their hurling and they're shooting over their shoulder and there's shots that some managers might kill players for taking like Shane Shane Bennett hit a two over shoulder from the wing that they might go over one and ten and they both went over and it just shows how confident they are in playing with each other and there's little flicks going up the pitch and, and the way they're playing they're really impressive you know and it's it's and they've such a strong panel which most people haven't spoken about this year. Like they've lads coming in that are that are doing just just as good a job as lads who started. So um, I think Fanning's gonna have a job now playing it down because I think they're really impressive so far this year. And yeah, they'll have another good belt off 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 Galway now. It's gonna it's gonna be very interesting. But I think it's very positive for Waterford hurling going forward for championship. Absolutely. Like I mean, some they could do a highlights reel of spectacular scores. Yeah. From yesterday's game, uh, Brian, not just individual scores like Gleeson under the stand or Bennett that yeah. Michael mentioned, but team scores like Austin Gleeson's last one where it went from Philip Matney to Barron, then to Dunford, then out to the wing to Gleeson. Yeah. Some of the points, now they were nearly showboating at the end, Brian, th- these points were so spectacular. Mm. Now, here's one for you. Should he throw that inside? Oh, Luke Gleeson, yeah, he should have. He should have. Yeah, certain goal, yeah, great score, but it's actually one of those ones. Who was it, Mikey? Mikey, Mikey Kearney Mikey gone Kearney. In, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you won't catch him too, too, too lively. No. Let me tell you, he's he's a real life wire altogether. Um, but yeah, you'd be tearing your hair out if you were the man inside. But no, brilliant, brilliant score, and the use of the ball was excellent. And Jamie Barron buzzing around the middle of the field. There was a lot of weight led in the fact that Austin Gleeson had a Roman role. I think. The way my take on that was all six forwards were moving. The two Bennett's probably stayed inside a little bit more 
But the rest of them, J- uh, sorry, um, Park Matney was moving everywhere. Mikey Carney was moving everywhere. Rotating, as far as I'm concerned, to picking up one of the three positions in the half-forward line, or if one fell in after a run, one would fall out. You see Galway at that the whole time as well. So, you know, the game has moved on a lot from that static you know, everyone hurls in their one position. And I, I think, you know, you can you can read too much into it. And you expect your half-back line or your half-hour line to drop back as much as they can, particularly when there's strong winds and you expect them to fall back into play, collect the ball, carrying it in and, and delivering it when the man gets the opportunity. So, you know, I, I thought Austin Gleeson was excellent. I think I do believe wing forward is his best position. But I think it was a little bit played too much about this, this roving role. Yeah, what do you make of Mike Kearney at centre forward, lads? He was, I think he, his brother is on the management team, but he's combative and he's lively, isn't he? I'm not sure about the white socks that he <laughs> likes to keep uh, showing all the time, but that like a little bit of flash. This from flash. you, Wooly. You'd rather wear no socks. Ankle socks, yeah. <laughs> I wore sports socks in a county final. I never wore them for leash, but I, I, I definitely, I definitely would be open to the suggestion. Oh no, was, was Liam Rush, Liam Rush, yeah, Rush, and tried blisters, oh, yeah. Liam Rush. But yeah, no, listen. Blister, I know, please. I know, I know. Shocking. <laughs> but I, I do take uh, Brian's point there. There was a lot of movement. It wasn't just Gleeson. Yeah. And Gleeson, Gleeson was on the full forward line. Their full forward line looked like it was the two Bennets. Uh, Hogan, who I don't know much about. Um, I thought it was Sullivan was the big name from Ballygunner, not Hogan. He seems to have gotten in there, yeah. but I'm I'm no expert here. But like I mean, it was constant movement, and Waterford can play those short stick passes. The great thing about Waterford is they always had that skill. They didn't have options around the field because the too many men behind the ball rather than in front of it, and they used to waste a lot of yeah. ball giving it up to three on twos and four on twos Absolutely. and now all those short passes are on one on ones yeah, which is fantastic to watch and with the two Bennett's inside they're really good in the air will you? Like not, they don't necessarily have to catch it but just flicking it down to themselves they're really good at it I think the Gleeson thing was just because he ended up back in the full back line probably more than the rest of them a few times can get in the ball back there but he has that fitness level to make it all be up the pitch and Jamie Barron really makes Waterford tick. He, he loves this now because he loves those little short passes. And lads are giving it to him all the time. Yeah. He's giving and going. And like even if they're down a man because, say, Gleeson's back, he's up there all the time. Like He's up there looking for goals. He's up there always supporting the forward line. So like they always have options, Waterford. And like, and, and they can shoot from distance as well. So like at the moment, there's so many options. Will you? It's, it's, it's very hard to defend against. Yeah. Like You have to remember you know, here... Very interesting. Sorry now, Willie, to come across Go here. on, Brian. Um, can, you know, considering the amount of free takers having the team, yeah. you know, persistent with Stephen Bennett and giving him that confidence. You know, he scored fourteen frees yesterday as well, like or Saturday, and it was it was brilliant showing from him. And like that, there's real pressure on you when you the other free taker, Parv Matney there or Austin Gleeson. And there was a couple of times I thought this now spoke well. There was a couple of times frees on the half back line in midfield, and Austin Gleeson went over and grabbed the ball and threw it out front of him. And the players on the field told him to go away from it. You know, so. <laughs> Total change, no, but the total change in, in, in the way that things are being done. You know, and Jamie Barron hit a lot of those frees where he was looking for players. So, you know, in the, probably in the past, if there's one thing I was critical of Derek McGrath, Ozzy ruled the roost. You know, he took the frees, he took the sidelines, and everyone else, you know, it was all about Ozzy, and he shot, at, shot on sight. Well, you don't want to limit that too much, you still have to be, you're still only a cog in the wheel and you have to be part of the bigger picture. 
So I actually thought that spoke volumes on, on Saturday. But definitely, if that's the case, because that is a critic, crit, a critic, critique of Austin Gleeson yeah. in that he's a too much of a shoot on site merchant. When it's not going for him, he's a he can be a liability in that your forwards aren't getting any good ball off him. I thought his move, I thought the set move from a Jamie Barron free Brilliant. for Gleeson, like he was loitering around that full forward yeah. line. That was worked on. That was that was Paulie Mar Jamie Callanan. Yeah, that's I, what that was. Like I mean, if 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 Porrick, uh, Fanning is working on this kind of stuff that's really optimistic for Waterford isn't it yeah and it was great because the, the camera work for that really showed Brown following at least in like all around that square like he had to shake him and like he was still very tight on him by the time he got it but it was just it was a great ball in it didn't bounce great ball into his hand and it was just a great finish and oh the finish he just whipped it a smashing it, finish like yeah. over your shoulder at pace coming out onto the wing and the conditions weren't great for Hurling either like so uh, it's obviously something they've worked on and, and you can see Gleeson now giving the ball to the better to man the better position. He is going to shoot because that's the player he is but they're definitely getting in on him now where give the ball to the man the better position and all the Waterford lads were doing that an awful lot so um, it's, it's, I mean, it's really br- good. Brilliant score but was it not a little bit naive by Clare? Like that oh, yeah. three is always going into that corner especially mm. against the wind. Um, you know, your spare marker you know, sits in that pocket. You know that as well Michael. Yeah, better, better than absolutely. I ever would. You know what I mean? I just thought that was very naive from Clare. Right. Well, whoever's, whoever's, whoever's the midfielder on Jamie Barron who's taken the should've free, yeah. he should have been the man who yeah. stood just in front of that corner because yeah. that's the only space yeah. where there is, you know. And yeah. Like, obviously it didn't happen, but you're right, Brian. He definitely should have been in that position. Yeah, maybe maybe he should. We'll, but what did you make of Philip Matney at full-back, Brian? Yeah, look, he, another really talented hurler and can hurl anywhere. And it, it, is, it is something they need to sort out because... You know, Barry Coxon used to be there. Yeah. Was brilliant at his job. N- never played the ball. Never hit. Never hit. I don't think I see Barry Coxon hit the ball in his intercounty career. But when they had the sweeper, the likes of Tyke, the Borka, he was just brilliant at frustrating the full forward, playing the man all the time. And you know, it's just a totally different dynamic now because obviously your fullback needs to be able to do a bit of hurling because you're going to have to run. You know, be strong in the air, but win that second ball, which is most important. Because Barry Coughlin and Noel Connors were brilliant, just breaking it down, tight the work, sweeping it upward. It's a different dynamic now. Noel Connors is obviously more than capable of doing that. Do you see the size of his legs? Yeah, I know. Keen Healy is just incredible. Yeah, yeah he does a fact. <laughs> Noel, he's a gas man. He's a, he's a lovely fella, actually, Noel. Um, but just the size of his legs, the Lord, if he gets any bigger, Lord God Almighty, he's like one of those boys that's the, the world's strongest men, <laughs> lifting the Atlas ball up. But I near, he's, I, he's a beast. Yeah, oh. I nearly had a heart attack in Croke Park because I was down waiting for them one day out at the buses because I can't get in. I don't have an accreditation for radio, no so problem. I actually have to wait around the buses and just kind of try to stop them. But they all, they all, they all come out in shorts now. So yeah. the new thing now is they, they used to go out, come back after a championship yeah. match in the glad rags when I was yeah. playing. But now they, yeah, you're not allowed to bring. Jeans with you. After dollars <laughs> semi-final, these lads are coming back out in shorts and tracksuits. I'm like, Jesus, lads! But anyways, I saw his calves come out, and I was like, What? These are out of control. Oh, it's they're, the quads. We think, Jesus, it's dude, his, ca- the quads. Yeah. His, his calves are bigger than my quads. Like, <laughs> that's the hard one. Well, that's true. Listen, move, moving on. But like, I mean, in fairness, um, when you look at the players, they're missing here. Um, Michael so Conor Gleeson the Fives brothers and Tyke de Burka yeah, they're three starters that's now Conor Gleeson that's your man marker yeah. and the two Fives brothers who are two brilliant players and Tyke de Burka who's probably be Smashing. wing back on this yeah. team and up front then now probably none, none of them guaranteed starters but Brian O'Halloran Jake Dillon Patrick Curran and Tom yeah. Devine now I don't know if all of them are have committed and Rick Walsh only came on in the last minute who? 
Brick Walsh. Only came yeah. on in the last minute. He only came on in yeah. the last minute, yeah. But I was going to actually mention him. He got a great reception, him and Brilliant. Morris Shanahan. Yeah. But like, I mean, this is a serious. Shannon, this yeah. is a serious uh, squad altogether. I, th- I spoke about the panel earlier, Willie, and it's sort of no one's been speaking about it too much throughout the league, and like it's a serious panel. And I think like when Derek McGrath left, people were sort of writing off Waterford because he was such a big influence on that team, and yeah. everyone was speaking about Derek McGrath. And he, he he created this family atmosphere, but what Fanning's done is just letting them express themselves more. And you can see a few players doing interviews after yesterday, speaking about how much they're enjoying playing under him and how much they're enjoying their hurling and. It's not so much this negative connotation of a spare man all the time. And like when you have them players to come back, like you're talking about six five, six starters there on on on, on this Warford team who are playing so well at the moment. Like it's like they've definitely they're definite contenders this year of how they're hurling at the moment. They're racking up such score lines and their backs are doing so well without playing that spare man. So like if, like there's not much negativity going on in Waterford at the moment. Sorry. There was a twinkle in Kim McGrath's eye last night. Yeah, there was, and, definitely. And <laughs> because what I think he loved about it was there was that little bit of just freedom about their hurling. Mm, you know, because yeah. I think that's what made that Waterford team of the naughty stand out, particularly their battles against Cork. And they just had a go and the, obviously the great characters. But they can see that this team obviously has brilliant hurlers as well. And if they just bring in that little bit of spark that Waterford have as well and the crowd you get behind them... And um, you know the world's the oyster. To be fair, it's it, it's really exciting from a water perspective. Um, you know, but this monster championship is going to be a minefield, and we'll get to that another day. But it's it's going to be crazy. Yeah, no, it definitely will. Parik Fanning said after game, we're delighted with the win. I don't know. Everyone talks about this freedom, but we're making good decisions. Maybe that's it. Like freedom is the obvious one. And like I mean, you always have to be respectful to Derek McGrath as well, who took them to an all Ireland oh, final. Absolutely. You know, but definitely what I can see from them now is options the man on the ball has lots of options and then they can let their hurling do the talking you know like what Park Fanning said we're making good decisions yeah. good players will generally make good decisions if they have options to give it to you know what I mean and now they have options that's Absol- the big thing absolutely and even the likes of Kevin Moore and back to wing back I think that's his best position by a mile he loved that getting up the pitch and before he was half forward but he's always coming back down the pitch and and working as a defender the anyway. Way, yeah. Now, now he'll have actually have more freedom going up the pitch, and he is so good in the ball, and he's he's so good at giving the ball out as well, going up the line. Like so, I just think it's everything's working for Waterford at the moment. Willie, so it's exciting, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, sorry, another thing, Willie. Just it's not just a Waterford thing. Uh, the home advantage is massive. Hmm. Uh, I think it's going to have a huge bearing on the Munster Championship in particular. Waterford having that two games at home, you know, it's not to be underestimated, and I think. You know, most of the grounds now are, are becoming fortunes at home, and I think it really will open up a new dynamic from our perspective. And, and we spoke with the support Derek McGrath a little bit disappointed in himself, even that you know they didn't push that issue a little bit more last year. But it wasn't just his call. But again, as yeah. I said, I think that's going to have a massive bearing. It wasn't just that, and maybe the the they were crippled with injuries. And when you see the squad now yeah. getting the league, and Derek McGrath didn't have that luxury of having a league yeah. without relegation to be able to give all these, uh, well, I suppose they were in Division 1B, um, you know, so it didn't really make much of a difference. But when you see all the injuries last year and all the players out, maybe Park Fanning is thinking, right, we need to test loads of lads out here, you know, to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen again. Because it wasn't just a home advantage. No. The injuries destroyed them uh, last year. I just want to talk about Galway quickly and even Wexford because this was a weird game. Like, I mean, scoring three goals like that from Wexford against the wind, you think, Jesus, they're in with a great chance here. There's no way Galway are going to outpoint them in the second half. 
uh, with that win and they did they absolutely destroyed them and Galway were brilliant yeah. with only half a team yeah. uh, they've used the league really well for what they want Wexford on the other hand uh, Jesus it's really black to the drawing board David didn't know h- how to explain it he says I'd love to be able to tell you what went wrong um, I just don't know we're in control and we should have been four or five points up but it has nothing to do with anyone except ourselves OK Galway may have upped their game and they ran the ball a good bit and got space I don't think we pushed up on them enough so maybe that was that's the analysis there and Brian or you touched on it I think it was Brian saying that they ran they ran it a lot more um, so Galway this is Davy saying Galway may have upped their game and ran the ball a good bit and got space so yeah. maybe the Galway surprised Wexford in the second half running at them and Wexford weren't able to handle it uh, Colin Col yeah, Mannion I just yeah, lo- I, I don't know like I love watching this fella hurl at the moment he's unreal like no one can get near him he has to be early show for player of the year like if he keeps up that form because He's just phenomenal. Like he gets on the ball, he's going boy fellas like they're not there. And these are indie county lads who are fitness machines. And he's just and then his vision when he's on the ball. I'm not. Sure, I think it was him that gave the ball to Brian Concannon that time, and it was one of the best goals you'll see because it wasn't an easy option taken. And even for his own goal, he could have taken a point. And you can see that goal in mentality now where they want goals. You know, like they, they could have taken a few points that time, and they want goals. And with the Wexford goals in the first half, if Dahi Burke he was too busy getting the hurler getting on the match yesterday in the football, but uh, like it. He was missed so much there in front of the goals because like them goals wouldn't have went in if Tybrook. No, there. no, not at all. So, like, God, we were really, really impressive yesterday. I thought so. Yeah. Carl Mannion makes some tick at the moment. Ta- to Conor McDonald goal, uh, Brian. That was a thing of beauty yeah. and a bit more ground hurling. That was the thing of the past. And <laughs> Conor McDonald gave it to Colleen and Michael has a point there. He wouldn't have been able to give. He wouldn't score two goals like that off Dahi Burke. No, and. Uh, Give credit to Waterford management. They put uh, McInerney back full back yeah. in the second half, and he, and he quietens uh, Conor McDonald yeah. completely in that second half. The first goal, I know he pulled on it, but that should have been saved. Definitely. That went in harmlessly for the family very displeased with himself there. It looked um, spectacular, though, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, it, it still should be saved. You know right. what I mean? Um, but Conor, Conor, in fairness to him, uh, he, he was critical maybe of, of the way West were playing they didn't get him into the game enough and he, like, I don't think he's ordinarily in the league maybe a pint or two um, coming into that game yesterday but he, he turned it on for particularly in that first half yesterday against against Alba but you know Wexford you know they're a funny team we, we've we talked about in loads of times um, they seemed really angry in that first half in particular I know they were giving away a lot of frees but they were they were mad for belting and hitting and mm. really trying to you know bully Galway almost in, in their own patch and I thought Galway um, just kind of looked at him as if they were a nine fly or something and just swatted him aside um, you know so Galway really impressive but as Michael said Carl Mannion in particular his ability uh, to see passes when he wants to see them um, or goes, goes through the centre and uh, really impressed with that Brian Concannon as well I know Damien's been talking about him a bit um, his vision for that ball he hit across David oh, Glenn and yeah. should have finished that being honest but that um, was that was like and you give out about football a lot that was actually a football pass that was a point that was on for a hurler from 45 yeah. a tap over point yeah. and instead of tapping it over he gave a <coughs> diagonal pass like you just don't see passes like that in hurling, Brian. When oh, no, it, when it, when no, a point, no, 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 but you cannot try and claim uh, football. <laughs> that was a football pass. That. It was a football That's pass. Funny. We're going to have to disagree. In this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> that was a listen. All the good things about hurling now are all off the shoulder support runs. All it's, it, this and footballers bit, are this bad is a, hurlers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be true, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, f- football hurling is looking o- o- across at the football uh, tactics 
and they're taking them all and now you're all raving about what we've been doing since <laughs> no wonder we're giving out about oh. these sweepers and everything <laughs> football naked. snobbery but that <laughs> that that Cannon pass though that was beautiful that was and incredible. if okay whoever you want to say it you don't see enough of that in hurling because no. usually nine times out of ten a player's taking his point there especially yeah. a fellow like Con Cannon who's not guaranteed his place that was just beautiful and even as a, as a, in the full back line well you're not expecting it because when a fellow no. gets the ball forty five yards out you're going always oh, going for point every time so. Like it shows if you're playing against Galway now you just have to be so tight in your full back line because they will pick that pass if you leave them five yards off you they will pick it because it showed that mentality yesterday of they want goals yeah, and they could have easily got a few points yesterday and they went for these goals and like it, goals win games you've seen it with Kenny over the years Like, and if you get them goals and if Brian was playing in the full forward line and you had Colin Manning out the pitch or Park Manning they find these lads all the time it would be a pleasure to play in that full forward line because they're lads if you make the space yourself they will find you yeah. so it must be a pleasure to play in front yeah. of them they really turned on the style water, Galway in fairness yeah. like I mean it's a great definitely a great time for hurling they're all playing this sensational brand of hurling yeah, don't, know, don't know if you spotted Concanon just before that great ball Brian Niall Burke should have given him a pass and he went bloody mad in the <laughs> yeah, six he yard box yeah. he right. went ballistic yeah. and I'd say Burke just probably didn't see him but Concanon seems to be a real playmakery type of player that like would have expected Burke to have seen him there and then was able to give that ball. Like I was very impressed with him, just maybe his brain and his playmaking ability. Yeah, no, really impressed again. I thought the Nile Burke situation um was one of those situations I've been there myself where you're 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 dying for a score. You're absolutely I need to score and in full forward. <laughs> Rounded his man, probably saw the pass in the corner and said, nah, fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> this over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, put the hand up. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, should have yeah. given it. And you know, deep down, no, I saw him the whole time. <laughs> but ge- generally, on a happy panel, Con Cannon's reaction there was wrong. Like he shouldn't be putting pressure on Burke like that. Like I mean, I think if you have a happy panel, these lads just accept this. And it's like, you ever do you ever get told with your manager about body language and yeah. about say what I used to do a lot. Uh, if I missed the score, I'd go, oh, fuck you. Yeah, you know, I'd yeah, go. Yeah. And like I was told once, stop doing that. That's not helping your team. It's helping the opposition. You're going to have to use your head and stop, uh, pretend that didn't bother you. And I'm like, but that's not me. I can't. Like, no, I, no, and I wouldn't be one for it either. Like if, if especially because the way they look, they look like they're working on it in training, looking for that pass. So maybe if they're working on it and he didn't get it, he would be ticked. And I don't mind a fella getting ticked because next time Burke is going through, he's probably going, I'll pass this one. <laughs> Come, he's got, do you know, we'll open him up to, oh, I'll find him next time, you know. Yeah. And if you're forward and corner forward, it's about getting goals and scores, will you know. So yeah. I, I don't mind it. I wouldn't mind getting yeah. to at the odd time, you know. It's the sign of the young man, to be fair to him, that exactly. he's actually throwing a strap like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it shows he's very comfortable in his own skin there within that panel. And that, mm. that to me, spoke volumes as well. You know, because usually a young player would be like, ah, yeah, he should have got it, but you're lucky he's only a young, young fella. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you, Willie. I wouldn't be able to hold my counsel in that. No. Well, it wouldn't bother me. I, I know I should score, so I'm giving out to myself. And it's like, look... If it, the way I always look at it, if you're getting chances, that's the big thing for me. If you're winning ball and you're getting chances... I, I, I'll give out to myself for missing that one but I know you know you'll rattle the next one so. yeah that's the thing I always I always used to admire I think it was like Chris Conway could miss a score and he just jog back out yeah. like at this almost like a golfer you miss a power putt you go on to the second the next tee I'd be hockey in the next tee box I would have been in golf saying what, I, I, I wouldn't be able to get that miss putt out of my head yeah. for about four holes <laughs> I was alright though I could hide it a bit could but, you uh, hide it yeah I could but like my younger brother would be the opposite like he'd just be a lunatic you know and shouting at me and shouting at everybody if things 
didn't go right. Yeah. I, I don't think you should hide who you are. Once it's not having a major negative impact on the pitch, yeah. everyone understands if you miss a score, you miss a tackle, you're going to get a bit thick and that's all right. Yeah. You know, once but it's not con- that's the thing. constant. But like, uh, the, the, uh, look, you could talk all day about this, Brian. <laughs> Another thing, like say if I was in a full forward and I made a good run and I wasn't picked out and the game plan was around, you know, making sure you hit the full forward line. I'd start shouting at your man and didn't give it to me. Now, they'd know me well enough now to just ignore me. So I'd keep shouting at him until he could get my attention so he'd be ignoring me. I wouldn't let this go until this fella listened to me saying, why did you... Like, this could be 15 minutes later and I'm I'm scolding him for... I'm bad, but I'm not that. No, bad. yeah. <laughs> oh, there'd be lads used to be afraid oh, not, to give, the, not oh. to give me the ball. But anyways, <laughs> listen, right, we've we've enough of that. Uh, we'll be back with Paddy Power predict or Paddy Power performance <laughs> of the weekend. I, I remember my mother, Lord Mercenary, she's dead. She's eight years this year. She never saw me holding life, but she always went to the matches, to the hotel, the two finals, and we got off the bus after the first one, and the first person to meet me was my mother, and she said, look, what's meant to be is meant to be. She said, keep the head up. I said, grand. No matter, ma'am. Thanks. 96, back to the hotel again, first person <laughs> off the bus, my mother. She says, ah, look, what's meant to be? I said, ma'am, will you give it a fucking right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Paddy Power performance the weekend. The obvious big one, lads, is Colin Fenley. When he's on that kind of form, uh, Michael, like you said, you've marked him. He's not a great striker. And no. even his goal, the first goal, he didn't, like, Cahill Ka- Mannion's putting that away probably because yeah. he's a brilliant wristy striker. Yeah. Colin Fenley's just a big, powerful man. I don't want to take away from him. Probably his weakness is striking. Would that be fair? Everything else, he's just a, a I, really difficult to mark. I'd actually agree with you, Willie, because the odd time he might even get away from you and he might miss strike a ball. Or, like, but it's just, he, when I marked him before, he was athletic, but he wasn't that big physically. And watching him yesterday, he just... He was so dominant when he got the ball and he was struggling fellas off and we were big lads. Yeah. And I haven't seen that. He was so direct, you know, and he was a bit unmarkable. He's always direct, Yeah, he was a bit unmarkable yesterday because, well, when he's in the half forward line, he gets to run at you with real pace. But in the full forward line, once he turns his man, it's goal. And he seems to be relishing that there, like, because yesterday when he was getting the ball, he was just turning and was either fouling him or scoring. And he couldn't, the lads had no other option because there wasn't enough numbers around him. For that, for the size of a man, you need about three lads around him to stop him without fouling him. Yeah. So it was very difficult for the the Thomas's lads. So um, I I thought he was brilliant yesterday and hopefully he can take that form to Kilkenny because... It'd be haven't seen him dominate like that in a long time. In a for long me, time, yeah. He's a, he's a bit hit and miss, and uh, like if, if I want to see him bring that dominance to Kenny because I think with that form he'd, he'd be so dangerous. You know, that's the thing. Maybe it's consistency with Kenny Brian because I sp- definitely remember him destroying fullbacks at inter county level uh, with performances like that, but maybe not backing it up. Yeah, consistency would be an issue. But one thing, in fairness to Fanley. Um, he prides himself under does his work rate as well and for a couple of years there he was Kilkenny's top man for hooks and blocks and Cody used to have him as the pinnacle of, of trying to get all the other players up to that level so that was huge but his goal yesterday I can't not talk about that um, the forward of me the, the, the Damien Quigley S goal I don't know if you you might remember this one Willie, but Michael might yeah. um, Limerick 90, an awfully 94 Damien Quigley scored a spectacular flick into into Crow Park, the Hill 16 end, yeah. similar. 
Um, but Feldy's goal yesterday was brilliant, just like that. Maybe not as um, exquisite as Damien Quigley's one, but still it was a great flick on the ball to, to change the trajectory of the ball. And it just shows that how dangerous it can be when a ball goes in there. It should have been a routine score from Adrian Mullen, yeah. uh, hilariously. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he made something out of it and it really was brilliant. Um, but, it, but yeah, finally, actually, I, I agree with Bowie. He can be hit and miss, particularly striking. Um, but when he's on form, he's almost remarkable. I remember in the league, I think it was a semi-final against Tipperary down in Northern Or maybe it was a group game against Kilkenny in Northern Park and he scored something like 3-6. Yeah, forward. I remember that, yeah. And, yeah, and look, when he turns it on, he is he's awesome and he's very, very hard to hurl. But as you said, maybe it's that consistency issue um, that he needs to he needs to get that back into his game. Um, so he'll be he'll be a big plus for Kenny because he he allows he allows them to go route one as well, which obviously um, Cody likes to. Yeah, definitely. There's no doubt he'll be full forward and TJ will be back centre. Then where do you put Walter Walsh? But I, I saw one or two people on Twitter saying he didn't mean the goal. Like, I mean, he uh, absolutely meant that. 100%. It was even the direction that his hurl went he after he back. hit. He it flicked it back. Yeah. yeah, his hurl went back. Like, I mean, so that's just nonsense. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal, all right. Yeah, and actually, I don't remember... I don't remember that goal. I do remember the most important part of that game, Brian, which was the last five minutes, which is really all you need. <laughs> <laughs> hey, something to cheer about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watching all uh, Ireland gold and TG Catter. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian Mullen, lads. Now, this is interesting, um, Michael, that I said to JJ about Adrian Mullen, and it, did JJ play it down Adrian Mullen? Yeah. Now, maybe he's been the cute Kilkenny uh, player, but I tended to believe him. He was saying that this year is probably a year too early yeah. for him. On yesterday's evidence, he's all the like I I, t- I said to JJ, he's big enough, he's skillful yeah. enough. Like, what's stopping him starting? And JJ was of the opinion yeah. that he might not do it this year. Jesus, if they've a better wing forward now, that's club level, obviously. So, like, I mean, but I'd be giving him, I'd be saying to him, you're our wing forward, and I'm saying you're my wing forward for the next 10 years, and you're starting this year. Like, he wasn't slow, Cody, to put Shefflin in there or any mm. of these lads when they were they were good enough. Oh, well, he's definitely going to be in there now between here and Championship, will he? So, it depends on how he's performing in, the, in, in training. Um, but, like, his pace, his composure, especially that one on the right wing, Twart towards the end of the match where he took on two or three lads turned inside yeah. left them for dead and slotted over the yeah. bar and I actually heard Shefflin shout twice uh, Adrian straight over the bar it wasn't shoot it was straight between the posts and they were like his shots yeah. were so accurate you know and, and he came off the right twice he came off the left twice and just his pace and his composure for a young lad was ser- and he's a brilliant striker he strikes through the ball rather than hitting it up high strikes through the ball takes the wind and everything out of it and he's just like, I was really impressed because I wouldn't have known too much about him before that game apart from listening to JJ and um, he'd definitely be in there it's just how he, how he performs between now in championship and in Kenny training in the training and if he holds well Cody will have him in there that's it like yeah, I mean the, the thing with Adrian Mullen is he is coming for a while now with Kieran yeah phenomenal underage talent for Kieran but I think JJ is looking through the lens of this unbelievable Kenny team that he uh, was yeah. on and like they were able to leave the likes of uh, TJ Reid on the line for yeah. a couple of years Richie Power no, Richie Hogan Richie Power like, Larkin. like I was, I was watching that zero nine. I learned you were mentioning. I was only watching it the other day, and like Michael Fenley replaced Derek Ling middle of the field, and TJ Reid replaced um, Taggy Fogarty corner forward. And you're just going like, look at this two like later on two hurlers of the year, and you're just going, it was phenomenal what they had. So maybe Jade is just kind of looking through that lens, going, you know, Mullen, you know, not sure if he's up to that just yet. Um, but for the other Kilkenny forwards for what you can see who's starting at the moment no disrespect to them like I think he is that little bit of class you know he can score at will left and right so 
I, I agree with you, but look, same as any intercounty setup, it will matter what happens in training over the, next, over the next couple of weeks. But they're going to have to go play a club match now in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, you know, the first round of the 2019 championship will be starting soon enough in Kilkenny too. Yeah, Jesus, that Kilkenny forward line. So you're going to have TJ Reid, you're going to have... Walter. Walter Walsh, you're going to have Colin Fenley, you're going to have Mullen, you're going to Richie have Richie Lahey, Richie Hogan. Martin Keown. Keoghan probably, yeah, would be behind all yeah. those. Like, I mean... Who's who'd you say? Oh, Billy, Billy Ryan. Billy Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, these Ballyhill lads. Like, I mean, when it you is. think of it, when you, when you're getting your number eleven and number fourteen <laughs> back, like, yeah. I mean, I know. it's just on another. It's just a different ball game completely. Um, Joe Canning got man of the match in the Galway game. Jizzy was all over the field. Um, really seems to add it, like, nearly dropping back too far. I would say because what he ended up doing, dropping back that far, brought Matthew O'Hanlon up that yeah. far who set up the two goals so Absolutely. like you'd be saying at half time to Joe stop bringing Matthew Hannon like I mean <laughs> stop coming back so far um, he scored 15 points he got 14 frees only missed one free and these weren't just frees where you're tapping him over these yeah. were frees from his own half a With lot a of blustering them. wind and wet ball yeah. it was an incredible achievement wasn't so I'm, I'm confused about Joe's role we know at centre forward he likes that now that's his role he's a free role there is he going back too far now like I mean we know he dropped back into midfield and I'd say that's okay but yeah. I'm not sure I want him back any further than no, midfield I, I wouldn't want him either I, you know, he's setting the tempo there for the forward line of work race like you've seen it on the Sunday game like and that's what leaders do yeah. and blocks, blocks he got and he went back and I know Matthew Hanlon was very good at going forward at the end that's the, the bad side of it but he is setting the tempo for that forward work rate like, and you need that in, in all Ireland champions but I, the problem is he got the ball once or twice and hit the ball back to, to where he should have been you know and uh, I definitely I let him go back towards the half back number. I wouldn't want him going any further, Willie, because you need him up there. And he's such I a think good there was a bit forward. of cat and mouse there between him and Matthew. Matthew and definitely. Mike. Wexford and Galway. I think it was the whole trying to counteract the Wexford style. And yeah. Matthew Hanlon with the week before and Walter Walsh just dogged him into the ground and yeah. followed him everywhere. And he was obviously going to try and do the same with Joe Canning. So I reckon there was a little bit of chess going on there. And they were trying to see. Look, if Joe comes out with that space, I know Kevin Foley there, but. You know, might create avenues for the likes of Carl Mannion to force through the centre. So I think there was a little bit of that going on as well. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe there was because in, in general, though, Brian, you don't want Joe back inside his own. No, 45. and I don't think I don't think. Look, there are times you know you do need to filter back and, and help out your half back line, but. I think there was a little bit more going on to it the other day. Been right. Okay. Austin Gleeson, we've mentioned him already, lads. Every single one of his points was just. A, Austin Gleeson can't just score a normal point, can he? Like, I mean, <laughs> we're not even mentioned the one he scored. Uh, right. So we, the one under the stand that he yeah. whipped, that was spectacular. His very last one was spectacular. Brilliant. Then he got the, the puck out that just. He won the breaking ball and just stuck that over his shoulder. Then yeah. there was another one from the far, far sideline. Like, I mean. If they can get him into a position... Now, here's the thing about Austin Gleeson, because I disagreed with League Sunday last night, because they're like, oh, just give him a free roll, and it, it, the other team doesn't know what to do, man-mark him. Sure, Cork showed last year, they put Stephen McDonnell one game on him in the All-Ireland semi-final, they put Colin Spillane the other day on him, and they followed him every, and completely marked him out yeah. of the game. So he started centre-forward, but he was being man-marked by a corner-back, and Gleeson didn't like it at all. Yeah. So just because Gleeson plays well then yesterday, suddenly they're making up this whole new thing that was completely disproven last year. Because here's the thing, and I know this from playing Gaelic football, and it has to be similar. If you're playing a free role and a corner back is marking you, 
It's a nightmare. He doesn't because care about touching the ball. He doesn't ball, care about no. touching the ball. And you don't get those handy little balls no. that you get because they, every time a player looks up, they see you being marked. Absolutely. So it's like a disaster. So whenever I was told you have a free roll and a cornerback followed me out, I'd be like, I'm going back in because yeah. I'm going to get nothing handy out here. Uh, abso- you, absolutely. Because when you're getting a free roll, you're, you're looking to get on handy ball, yeah. really. Like, And you don't get that. So I thought that analysis was all wrong last night, Michael. Yeah, like what, the way he, he was beating that last night, Woolly was, he was coming onto the ball with such pace. Like, you know, he's... Like off the shoulder, sprinting onto it. So even if the cornerbacks with you, and he's so pacey, Austin Gleeson, he was he was getting them a few yards away, and then he's so good under pressure at scoring, taking scores. It's brilliant, but it's not going to work from every day because cornerbacks are so speedy these days, and they don't want the ball. They just watch him. So like the way to counteract it for me would leave him wing forward and put the ball on top of him. Cornerbacks aren't great in the air. And he win. He's so good in the he's air. He's good in the air. Yeah, I'd leave him there. Like, yeah. I really would. Like, so if they so want to put the corner forward on you, we'll find a way of, of exploiting that exactly. change. Exactly. Yeah. Like if, if if I was managing him and I said that, like he's not getting the space on the pitch, I'd be saying to him, go back to wing forward and we'll poke the ball high on you. Yeah. Because he's so good in the air and he will beat most cornerbacks to it. Leave him that 10, 15 yards. He get on the brakes himself, even if he doesn't catch it, and he will do damage. So like, if I'm managing him, that's the way I'll do it because he is going to be man marked and targeted every game. Yesterday he was managing to get away from Shane Amari a good few times with his pace up and down the pitch. Like Shane Amari was close all the time, but he just couldn't catch him because he's so fast. But again, he's not going to work like that all the time because he's going to be so, like two. The other time you're going to have two people on him. Like so, it's difficult. But that's how I'd counteract it with all yeah, the Yeah, no, that's often, a good. You know? That's just a good. That's definitely a good point, Brian. What do you think of that? Because the cornerback thing has been tried. It's not rocket science now. No. The, I've forgotten his first point, which was the one from the impossible angle coming onto the play. But like even the set play, like that's a way. Obviously, Fanning's thinking we need to get Gleeson into the game. We're guaranteed a lot of frees around midfield. Uh, their their ways will get yeah. him in because you don't want your talisman marked out of a game. You know they're trying to obviously find ways. And I I take Michael's point on the puck out. It's a good one that if you want to put a little sticky corner back on Gleeson, let's exploit them some other way. Yeah, definitely. And play to his strengths. And obviously he is able to catch. He's unbelievable catching in the air. So he destroyed Kenny in the Allen semi final and Torres a couple of years ago. Um, so Gleeson can hurl it anyway it's getting that from his own perspective it's getting into that mindset where it doesn't actually matter to him who's marking him or if he's been marked tight because if he can get into that mindset it, it really doesn't matter so obviously Joe Hanning's used to it Peter Reid's used to it from time to time and it's just you know getting yourself above that where, where it just doesn't matter but I actually think it's that rotation policy is just as important as the fact that give him a free run uh, free roll, sorry, and and the fact that you know still the other players have to keep an eye on on who's where, and you know there's no panicking. Um, so I would I would keep them to the wing, put ball down top of them, and let them move everywhere then, and just you know it, it can be a really good tactic. But obviously Paul McMahon got five points in play as well, yeah. so you, you know you can't you can't forget the importance of that too. Um, you know the, 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 they're a complete unit when when they have everyone firing. They definitely do. Ten, ten from play from Gleeson and Matinee on the two wings is the, the is big thing. By the way, without taking from for a second, Shane Murray's first game back in League Two. Yeah, like it's it's tough enough to get back to the pitch of things without coming in and marking like a former <laughs> hurler of the year. Let me tell you. <laughs> and and if Waterford can get to the stage where Austin Gleeson not playing well doesn't have a huge effect, like in the years gone by, if Austin Gleeson wasn't playing well, Waterford were done. But now they're looking like if the five forwards that are firing and he he is being man marked and can't have a big influence on the game and they can still win, which I think they're at now, it's a huge positive for for Waterford. Like 
the fo- as you said with Manny and, and the, the Bennett's all scoring so well he doesn't have to be that big influence all the time now so yeah. it's important for Waterford no it is it is 31 out of 34 scoring chances Waterford took a phenomenal stat absolutely phenomenal especially with the with the weather Stephen Bennett got 16 we've kind of covered him a little bit Cottle Mannion got 1-2 I'm a fan of Cottle Mannion a long, long time. Like, I mean, especially now when the, the whole thing, midfielders yeah. who hate marking each other and just like, I'll take you on, you take <laughs> me on. That suits him a lot better than the likes of a Paul Murphy f- bloody chasing him around, which is Absolutely. what eventually will happen against yeah. a good team. You know, and Murphy's done well on him a, yeah. a couple of times, hasn't he? They're very well. So like Cottle Mannion now will never have to worry about, or maybe the, maybe when you're playing Galway now, you have to pick seven backs and one yeah. wing back plays midfield to Mark Mannion. Like, I mean, uh, is that the level uh, that he's, he's getting? Get he's to? getting so dominant, well, you're going to have to put a mark on him. Like, yeah. You can't leave him free around the pitch. But again, he's so good at getting off a shoulder. It's very hard. Your fella has going to be a flyer to, mark, to stay with him throughout the game. So I think it's going to be very hard to counteract him throughout the game, but I can't, you can't leave a free player midfield. Oh, let's see who scores better because at the moment no, no one's going to beat him yeah there's only one winner yeah, there yeah absolutely uh, Brian what do you think Cottle Mannion you'll have to play a wing back in there on him yeah yeah, you have to definitely or a defensive minded midfielder definitely that's you know just his role is just to try and contract Cottle Mannion because the amount of hurling that he's doing you can't have that game of chess or game of cat and mouse with him um, you know you have to, to stick someone on him like, imagine the likes of him and Tony Kenny Mark <laughs> <laughs> Shane yeah. Golden would be the man to mark him I'd say you know if they, yeah, if they exactly. meet because he's just yeah. that workhorse and he's a fit, fit man like, and, he's, and he has pace so it'd be tricky to lose him now in championship yeah no exactly right I'm going to give it to Austin Gleeson only because that every single point was <laughs> was you know it's just spectacular in its own right he I think he's the most Tony Kelly's a brilliant player but he just doesn't have that X, the X factor that, like Tony Kelly will be good nine times out of ten. Austin Gleeson might be good six times out of ten. But Austin, Tony Kelly can't do what Austin Gleeson does. He's not, it's not, he doesn't have the flair. And maybe it's a personality thing. You know what I mean? You'd never, would Tony Kelly ever get a ball understand and whip it the way Gleeson did? No, Tony, Tony Kelly always runs at the goal and throws yeah, it up high. He's a smashing hurling of Tony Kelly. He's brilliant. But it's just Austin Gleeson sometimes you just don't know if he knows what he's going to do no, next. No, I don't think anyone in the game of hurling has what Austin Gleeson has do they, do they the, that, that, like the point he got against Cork where he just slid in on his knee and tapped it up I've never seen and the goal obviously against yeah. Cork like uh, Brian has there been a player that like Austin Gleeson that is just a spectacular everything he whenever he does something good it seems to be completely spectacular yeah oh phenomenal now this probably comes back you're a showman obviously uh, <laughs> And I'd say you'd pick Ronaldo over Messi then. As oh well. no, so no, 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 no! <laughs> that's sacri- that's sacrilege. <laughs> I know, uh, Ozzy is is absolutely class. It's just trying to find that happy medium, I think, from Waterford. And I think if they can do that, I think that's I think that can be the difference for Waterford. Um, you know, not trying to limit his game, but just bring him back that little bit more into a team player. He he's phenomenal. But you're right. He can do stuff on the field that just no one else can do, and his ability to strike off both sides and the length of his strike. So he can he can score points from 70, 80 meters just at his ease. And obviously, we haven't even seen him hit sidelines there the other day. So um, you know, he can, he can just do everything. Yeah, you know, no, he, he's phenomenal. Definitely can. So Austin Gleeson gets uh, Paddy Power performance of the weekend. Congratulations to him. Right, that's all we've time for. We're back on Thursday, and we'll preview the two league semi-finals, and we we'll talk to you then. Good luck. 
I when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go, cause I won't see you later.